Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast with Pastor Lawson Perdue. You know, the touch of faith is different. The touch of faith is different. All these people were touching Jesus and getting nothing. And this woman put a demand by faith on his grace and received from God. And you, there, there may be other people that don't get nothing, but you don't have to be like them. You can put a demand by faith on his grace and receive. And you know, she created actually a whole reach out and touch Jesus move, movement. She was the first one that we see recorded in the scripture. And we'll read here in just a little bit, Matthew chapter 14. The next place Jesus went, they went out and got people said, hey, if you'll just touch him, he'll be healed. And so this whole group came and touched him and everybody was healed. But it takes one to break through. But in this instance, we're going to look at Peter. And when Peter got out of the boat, and just, he walked on the water. And you know, people criticize Peter, but Peter's the only one that I know of besides Jesus that ever walked on water. Praise God. Faith will cause you to do impossible things. And he started looking around when he was walking on the water. Sometimes you're doing impossible things. You're doing it by faith. But he looked around and started seeing the wind and the waves. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus, by his grace, reached out to him and caught him. Amen. You know, Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Praise God. And you may fall down. Amen. But you don't have to stay down. You know, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. Micah says, when I fall, I shall arise. Praise God. So if you fell down, just cry out to Jesus. Amen. Get back up. Amen. He's there for you. His grace is waiting on your faith to, to put a demand on it. Amen. And so we're going to uh, begin here in Matthew 14. I want to begin in verse 21. It says, they had eaten, they who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And so Jesus just worked a miracle and took, you know, five barley rolls and two small fish and fed 5,000 men plus the women and children. He just worked a miracle. But after he worked this miracle, he encouraged his disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side. It's about a 30-foot rowboat. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain to pray and was, the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was in the middle of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Have you ever obeyed God and did what God told you to do? Heard the voice of God, took a step of faith, and then faced contrary circumstances? You know, a lot of people think, well, man, if God told me to do this, then there shouldn't be any problem. Well, the, the challenge is, you know, you're in a world that's been affected by sin and by Satan. And the sea is like the world. And you're crossing it. You're going through it. You know, a guy wrote a book one time. I never read it. It's called Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. Well, bad, I've answered the question, even though I didn't read the book. Bad things happen to good people because we're in a world that's been affected by sin and by Satan. Because there's not only a God, there is a devil. And so they were facing contrary circumstances. And... It was difficult, but in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and said, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus said unto them, saying, spoken and be of good cheer, it's, it's I. Don't, 
Don't be afraid. You know, there are three cheers in the Gospels. You need to get these three cheers. Number one's found in Mark chapter two and Matthew chapter nine. It's when these four friends brought their friend to Jesus meeting who was paralyzed. And the place was so full of religious people, they couldn't even find room to get this guy in. So they went up and broke a hole in the roof, right, and let him down. Jesus, seeing their faith, said, man, we're gonna have a good sermon. He said, cheer up, your sins are forgiven. You know, number one, you can cheer up today because your sins are forgiven. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. You got a reason to be of good cheer. You're saved, you're on your way to heaven. God's on the throne, Jesus is Lord, the Bible is true, and the Holy Ghost is here. Hallelujah, cheer up! You got another reason to cheer up, it's right here. Jesus is with you. He hasn't left you. He's right there beside you. He said, cheer up, it's I, don't be afraid. Guys, Jesus is still with us. He hasn't left us, he's on our side. We can cheer up. The third one we find in John 16, it's not a promise that we put on a refrigerator. Jesus said this, in the world you shall have tribulation. There's gonna be trouble because you're in the world, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Cheer up guys, Jesus is still Lord. He's still on the throne. He's still with us. He hasn't left us. We're on our way to heaven. We've got a reason to rejoice. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come on the water. Well, what do you want him to say? <laughs> if it's you, if it's you, Jesus, I'm all in. If it's you, Jesus, I'll go to higher heights, I'll go to deeper depths, I'll go farther, I'll go faster, I'll do more. If it's you, Je I just need to know that you're, you're in this deal. And Jesus said, come. Now listen, there, were enough, there was enough power in Jesus' word, come. Every one of the disciples could have got out of the boat and walked on the water, but Peter did it. It amazes me how sometimes people walk by faith and other people stand back and criticize them. People are always looking down on Peter. He, he walked on the water. Have you walked on the water? Then don't criticize. Praise God, I'm, I'm just happy that people will do something by faith. <laughs> Maybe he didn't call us all to do the same thing, but listen, thank God if you see somebody walking by faith, if you see somebody doing the impossible, praise God, don't criticize them. Come, and Peter walked on the water, came down to go to Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and cried, Lord, save me. And, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, oh, little of faith, why did you doubt? And when they came into the ship, the wind ceased and they that were in the ship came and worshiped him saying of the truth, you're the son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and the men of that place had knowledge of him. They sent out into that country roundabout and brought unto him all who were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garments. Just right after, it's Mark chapter six, right after Mark chapter five, where the woman reached out and touched him. And many as touched him were made perfectly whole. They went and shared the word. Listen, if you'll come just touch Jesus, you'll be healed. Now, I say, I, I said this, what do we do between miracles? Jesus worked a miracle, took five small loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men plus the women and children. What do we do between miracles and ministry? Here he ministered to people and healed their sick. 
and everyone that touched it was all. Do you know once in a while between miracles and ministry, you face some challenges. And a lot of times in miracles and ministry, you face, that's why you get miracles, you know what I'm saying? Praise God, but what do we do in the meantime? Well, the first thing is there's some things that we need to remember. And if we look at this in verse 22, Jesus constrained and strongly encouraged his disciples to get in the boat and to go to the other side before he sent the multitudes away. Jesus gave them a word. So the first thing we need to remember is we need to remember the last word that Jesus gave us. You know, people sometimes kind of have short focus. You know, but you need to remember the last thing that Jesus told you to do. And I have something that I tell people, I keep doing what God told me to do last. And you know, some people are just running around trying to find something to do rather than just, just get to doing what God told you to do last and just keep doing what God told you to do until he tells you what to do next. Jesus told them to go to the other side. Now, if Jesus told them to go to the other side, his word was enough to get them to the other side. So you need to remember God's word to you. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says this. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense or repayment of reward. For you have need of patience after that you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You know, when we were on the way to church today, we stopped by McDonald's and there were like four or five cars in the drive up line. I said, maybe I'll run in and grab something because I was late. So we had breakfast from McDonald's today. But literally we got in the line. Barbara said, no, it'll be all right. And, and within two minutes of when we ordered, we had our food. And a lot of times people think their faith's like that. But your faith isn't two minute faith. And faith's not even like a hundred yard dash. Faith's more like a, a marathon, you know? And you know, you run a marathon, it gets really hard at the end. My son Andrew won one, ran a marathon one time and I joined him about mile 22. <laughs> Boy, he was tired. He was, I said, keep it up, Andy. I've never run one. <laughs> now I've run a lot of miles, but I've never run a marathon. But you know, the Christian life is more like a marathon. If you're gonna be a good marathon racer, you've gotta train, you've gotta discipline yourself. And, and you know what? It's a lot of work sometimes. But don't throw away your confidence. It has great repayment of reward and you have need of patience after you've done the will of God that you might receive the promise. Just keep believing God. Keep your patience. Keep your confidence in Jesus. The second thing you need to do is you need to remember who's praying for you because after Jesus gave them that word and put them in boat, told them to go the other side, Jesus went up in the mountain in verse 23 and, and he, he was praying. He was praying. I'm sure that Jesus was praying for them. You need to remember that Jesus is praying for you. In fact, we're talking a little bit about Peter and we can go forward in time from this just a little bit into Matthew 26 between the Last Supper and the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is talking with his disciples and he said, everyone is gonna be offended because of me. Peter says, Jesus, even though everybody else is offended, I'm never gonna be offended. Jesus said, I'm Peter. Before the cock crows tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three times. You know, inevitably, a couple years ago, 
We had a person here at the church that said, I'm never going to be offended. You cannot offend me. And you know what? He left offended. <laughs> offense. You need to guard against Jesus said it's impossible that offense will come. But you know what? Offense is dangerous. We had a person come into the office one time and he came in to see me because he was offended. He heard me over. I was talking with my worship leader and I was talking about a to my worship leader about one of his friends. And, and he overheard me say this friend's name and he thought I was talking about somebody totally different. He didn't hear any of the conversation or anything, but he was offended. He came in to see me. I said, now listen, don't get offended. And he was a volunteer. And I was actually thinking about, he was next in line if we were gonna hire somebody putting him on that team. You know, paid, not just volunteer. But he got offended and he quit. I see so many people get offended and they quit. They drop out. You know, there's a one-way road out of the ministry. It's called offense. Where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. It was back when Pastor Max, you know, worked here for us before he went to Kansas City and we helped him plant a church. By the way, I contacted him this week and they're doing really, really good. Amen? And so, praise God, I'm so glad they're doing good. But the next time he came in, he got offended, quit his volunteer position, quit the church. The next time he came in, he was struggling with demons. He came to see Pastor Max to get the devil cast out of him. You see, where there's envying and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. Don't get offended. Jesus, Peter said, I'll never be offended. Jesus said, no, Peter, you will. But he told him this in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But he says in verse 32, Luke 22, verse 32, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, you will strengthen the brethren. You need to remember who is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. I've prayed for you. John 17, Jesus prayed for his disciples. And then he prayed after he prayed for his disciples, he prayed for those who would believe on him through their word. And this is one thing he prayed in John 17, verse 15. He said, I'm not praying that you would take them out of the world. I'm praying that you would keep them from the evil. You know, we live in the world. It's a dirty place. It's an ugly place. We don't agree with everything that's going down in the world. But at the same point in time, Jesus said, I'll keep you. Now, how does Jesus keep you from the evil that's in the world? He said this in John 17, verse 21. He prayed for them, or, or verse 17, he actually said this. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Verse 15, he said, prayed for them. Don't take them out, but keep them from the evil. And the way he separates us, the way he keeps us from the evil is through his word. His word is truth. So number one, you need to remember the word of God to you. Number two, you need to remember who is praying for you. Praise God, Jesus is praying for you. There's a word that the Lord quickened to me this week is in Psalm 37. He said, fret not because of evildoers and because of those neither be envious, Psalm 37, one, for the workers of, of iniquity, for they will be cut down like the grass and wither like the herb. Trust in the Lord and do good so you'll dwell in the land and verily you'll be fed. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him and he'll bring it to pass. He will bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not because of him who prospers in his way, 
because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Do not fret. You know, I know there's a lot of Christians been fretting, but don't, do not fret. You keep what? Trusting in the Lord, delight in yourself, commit yourself in the Lord. And then he says this, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. He says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any way to do evil. You know, two wrongs don't make a right. He says this in the end of Psalm 37. In Psalm 37, he compares the wicked and the righteous. He says, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away and he was not. I sought him because he could not be found. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors will be destroyed together and the end of the wicked will be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble and the Lord will help them and deliver them. He will deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Keep your trust in God. Keep your hope in God. Amen. Remember the word of the Lord to you and remember who's praying for you. The next thing you need to remember as we look into Matthew chapter 14, in this instance, it says the ship was in, in the sea tossed with the waves for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and said, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. You need, to, you need to remember, praise God who's with you. Jesus is with you. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Isn't it good to know that Jesus is with you? Isn't it good to know that not only Jesus is praying for you, there's other people praying for you. You know, about a month ago, I made a statement in here while I was preaching, telling some people about what I was doing. And, and, and one of the people texted one of the people on the team and said, Pastor Lawson's in trouble. And the person on the team texted that to my personal assistant. The message got to me. And I, you know what? They were praying for me. Praise God. And I found out I was in trouble. You know, we had a renter that moved out of, want to break the contract in the middle. We said, that's fine. And, and we just decided, you know what? Now's the time for us to sell our house. Well, we, we got in contract, but we were in the contract to sell with the wrong people. We also, because we were doing a 1031 exchange, it's a tax thing, we were in contract to buy another property and we were in trouble on that one. We were in trouble on both, in trouble on the selling side and in trouble on the buying side. That person heard God. They were just right. <laughs> you know what? But they prayed for us. And you know what? God helped us. And we got out of the one contract and we got the right buyer. And we got out of the other contract to buy. And, and we got in the contract with the right properties to purchase. And in less than one month from when our renter has moved out, our house is sold. Amen. And we've already bought the other properties and it's the best thing for us. You know, God knows how to take care of you. Amen. So you need to remember the word of the Lord to you. You need to re remember somebody's praying for you. I remember Dwight Thompson came to Dr. Lester Sumrall's and preached a message on roadblocks to hell. Praise God. The blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The cross of Jesus Christ. And your grandma's prayers. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody is praying for you. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Thank God that somebody is praying for you. And, and you need to remember that Jesus is with you. He's not left you. He's there. The second thing is, there's some things you need to continue on. Notice this, when Jesus shows up, they were crying out for fear. Jesus spoke to them immediately, immediately and said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him, said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come on the water. And Jesus said, come. When Peter came down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Amen? The second thing is you need to keep believing God. They were crying out by fear, but Jesus was there. And he said, cheer up, it's I. Don't be afraid. Amen. If it's you, Lord, bid me to come. If it's you, Jesus, I'm all in. If, you, if it's you, I'm going to go farther. If it's you, I'm going to do more. If it's you, I'm all in. I, I don't know about you, but Pastor Lawson is a risk taker. And once in a while, my faith gets out there a little extreme and somebody has to pray to get me back in grace. <laughs> Glory to God. We actually sang a song in worship the other day. And JT said, you didn't like it, did you, Pastor? I said, no, I didn't. Barbara liked it and Aaron liked it. He said, why didn't you like it? I said, because it's all about grace, but it's nothing about faith. He said, I could tell you didn't like it. He said, you sit there. <laughs> Praise God. It's actually a good song. But you know, there is his grace, but you need, his, you need some faith to go along with his grace. And you see, when I was a child, I made a decision. Because I hung around my grandfather and he was up in his 80s and my grandfather lived really reserved. And, and so when he was up in his 80s, he had a chance in the 1930s to buy all the land around him, thousands and thousands of acres for a dollar an acre. And he didn't do it. Is what in the Dust Bowl. People thought I'd never come back. The thing that was unique about my grandfather is he had the money in the bank to do it, but he just didn't do it. But I lived around him in his 80s and he regretted that he didn't take that risk. So I made a decision as a young man. I'm not gonna get 80 years old and say, I wish I could have, I think I should have. Maybe, maybe. I'm gonna say, man, I did it. Maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> and I've been in a few of those things. So, you know, I, I've got out there in faith a little bit where it took some grace to bring me back in. Hallelujah. But Peter said, Jesus, Jesus, Peter had this personality. If it's you, if it's you, Jesus, bid me to come. If you can do it, Jesus, if you can do the impossible, I can do the impossible. And Jesus said, come. Now, Jesus' word, come, his one word was big enough to get everybody, every disciple could have got out of the ship and walked on the water. But they were sitting back there and they were criticizing Peter. And a lot of times people are like that. You're living by faith and you're doing all you can do and believe in God, you know. You get to sweating a little bit because you see, see the wind, the wind. And there's always wind and waves. There's always risk. Some people say, Pastor, we want to have reward, but we, we don't want to take any risk. It just doesn't work that way. If you're going to have reward, there's got to be some risk. Now, you can have calculated risks, right? But if you want to do anything, you're going to have to live by faith. If you really want to make a difference, you're going to have to stretch out. You're going to have to go out. And Peter got up out of the boat and walked on the water. He walked on the water. If it's you, Jesus, bid me to come. If it's you, Jesus, I'm all in. Praise God. I remember one year, years ago, we were in Kit Carson. I started feeding cattle. 
to make some extra money while I was pastoring. And one year the dirt was blowing really bad in February and I was praying about whether to buy cattle or not. And when I was praying, God woke me up in the middle of the night, gave me a scripture from Isaiah. Your cattle will feed in large pastures. I said, I'm supposed to buy all the cattle that I can. Oh man, I did. I, I went and I had about $40,000 equity. I'd take, taken a few thousand and made 40,000. Took a lot of hard work to get there. And I, I borrowed 100,000 and, and I, I bought cattle. And I, bought, I couldn't buy anymore because my cattle are gonna feed in large pastures. And you know what? The dirt kept blowing and corn kept getting higher and cattle kept getting cheaper. And this was in February. I'd spent all my 100,000. In fact, my, my note was coming due in April and I happened to go over my note about two or $300 is 100,000 line of credit. And you can go over a line of credit buying cattle by $100 really easy. So I called the banker, I called him the Methodist banker down in the next town, a few couple towns away. I called him and said, hey, can, can you cover that? I'll mail you a check. He said, nope, that wasn't a good sign. So I drove down there to carry him a check for a hundred dollars and a few, few, whatever. And I thought, when my note comes due, I'm getting a new bank. <laughs> Amen. And you know what, it kept blowing dirt. And so I had lost all my equity and corn got higher and cattle got cheaper. So I went into the local banker. He was a Baptist. I call him my Baptist banker. And I sat across his desk. I said, listen, corn's high and cattle are cheap, but I've got more cattle than I ever owned in my life. And I believe it's gonna rain. And I believe corn's gonna go down. And I believe cattle are gonna go up. And I believe I'm gonna make more money than I ever made in my life. A banker looked across the table and loaned me $100,000 with zero equity. And May 28th, it started raining. And it rained all summer. You know, the Bible talks about how the desert will blossom as a rose. When the cactus get these beautiful, it was a year like that. And corn went down and cattle went up. And I made more money than I ever made in my life up to that point in time. Because you know what? I had a word from God. God told me your cattle will feed in large pastures. But it, it was difficult in the, in the midst. And sometimes, you know, we're looking at the wind and we're looking at the waves and we forgot about the word. We forgot somebody's praying for us. We forgot Jesus is with us. In fact, while I was going through it, the Lord gave me this scripture from Psalm 112. He says, to the righteous, there arises a light in the darkness. Thank God there's light in the darkness. Amen? And so you need to remember, praise God, the word of the Lord. You need to remember who's praying for you. You need to remember that Jesus is with you and you need to keep believing God. You in Mark chapter nine, there's an instance where a man brings his epileptic son to Jesus. And he, he said, Jesus, Mark nine, verse 22, if you can do anything, have you ever been like that? If you could do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus turned it around and said, if you could believe all things are possible to him that believes. And sometimes people are wanting to Jesus to change when really they need to change. And Jesus, the man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And it's not that you don't have faith, it's a challenge of unbelief. That sometimes there's a lot of unbelief because of circumstances. Right now there's a lot of unbelief because of circumstances and difficulties and problems or whatever. But keep your eyes off the circumstances and keep your eyes on the word. Amen? You know, I, I got some conservative news thing on my email yesterday. 
I read about three sentences and deleted it. My goodness. How negative can you be? How unbelieving can you be? How, how faithless can you be? Just because you're on the right side politically doesn't mean that you've heard from God. And so, you know what? I, I'm not going to listen to it. I don't care on the conservative side or the, or the liberal side. I'm not going to feed my mind with a bunch of bad news. I'm going to keep believing the promises of God because that's not what God spoke to me. I know what God said to Lawson Purdue. God spoke to Lawson Purdue in, in 2017 and said, America, the United States of America is going to have seven years of tremendous wealth and prosperity. And as far as I know, he didn't take that back. And the systems that have already been placed in and are already working are, are going to keep working for a while. It's going to take some of these nuts a while to mess it up really bad. But listen, when the darkness gets dark, the light shines brighter. So I'm going to keep believing Jesus and keep going forward in my faith. Amen. So I'm not going to feed on what OAN says or what Fox News says or what CNN says. I'm going to feed on what Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God says, because His Word is eternal. And I'm going to keep believing God. Amen. And we're going to go forward like we've never, in fact, I'll give you a little report right now. Can I give you a report? 2020. Karis Christian Center, we, we received some other things, but in just tithes and offerings, we received $3,484,000. All right, that's 10%, be, that's 18% better than 2019. That's 10% better than 2018, which was our highest at that time because we were in a building program. Amen? And, and we gave away in cash and in, in outside giving, $498,300, 14%. That's, in addition to that, we gave away about 180,000 in gifts in kind. Praise God. So Cares Christian Center is doing really good. And if I'm correct, 2021 will be the best year yet. We're gonna blow the lid off of it. We're going to keep moving forward and believe in God. People said, what you do? I'm giving and I'm saving. I'm doing what Jesus told me to do because I know the future. Hallelujah. How do you know the future, Pastor? Because I believe the word of the prophets. And the Lord's already revealed to me what the future is going to happen. So I'm getting ready because if you don't get ready, if you don't do what God told you last, you may not be able to do what God told you to do next. But because I know what God told me to do next, I'm doing what God told me to do last. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's a good word. Do what God told you to do last and you'll be ready for what, what God told you to do next. So Jesus said, come. And when Peter came out, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, little of faith, why did you doubt? So you need to keep believing God. And, and you can't let fear because, see, fear and faith are complete opposites. 
See, the Bible says faith works by love and perfect love casts out all fear. In fact, when it says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 to verse 18, it says, we have known and believed, or we've known and we continue to believe the love that God has to us. God is love and he that dwells in love dwells in God. He that takes up residence in love takes up residence in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness or confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. If you're gonna be as Jesus is in this world, you gotta get established in the love of God. Not only this, if you're gonna have confidence in the day of judgment, you've gotta get established in the love of God. And some people aren't established in the love of God, so when the day of judgment comes, they're not gonna have confidence. But when you get established in the love of God, amen, you will be as Jesus is in this world and as Jesus is in this world and you will have confidence in the day of judgment. Remember we read about Lot and when Lot left Sodom, God rained fire and brimstone from heaven, but Lot was protected. And you know what? You can have confidence in the love of God that he, even if judgment came to where fire and brimstone were falling from him, you say, hey, it's not because of me. <laughs> I'm establishing the love of God and I'm not gonna let fear rule my life. They cried out, they were afraid. But Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Peter came, praise God. Finally, you know what? We've gotta fix our focus on Jesus. Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. It was a miracle. Peter walked on the water. But when he was walking on the water, as he was doing the impossible, he saw the wind and saw the waves boisterous. I don't know about you, but I can't walk on water if it's dead still. But you know, he got his eyes off Jesus and he got his eyes on the circumstances. You, we have to fix our focus on Jesus. And if there's any time, ever been a time when the church in America needs to fix their focus on Jesus, today is the day that we need to fix our focus on Jesus. And there's something that you need to beware of. You need to beware of broken focus. So keep your eyes on Jesus. In fact, Hebrews 12 tells us this. It says, wherefore, because we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses in verse one, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets. This is not the big foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little foxes. The sin that so easily besets us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You know, again, the Christian life is not like a hundred yard dash. And by the way, it doesn't matter how much you train for a hundred yard dash. If it ain't in your gen genetics, you ain't gonna win. <laughs> Praise God. You, either God made you that way or you don't have it. Now you can train and develop what God gives you. You're a sprinter. You have to, you have, to have some genetics. My grandfather won the state of Colorado when he ran the 100-yard dash. He went and ran in Southern California, University of USC, with the two world record holders. And they set the West Coast record. West Coast record in the four by 110, the 440 relay, now the 400 meter relay. And you know, my dad was a state champion sprinter. 
and I've got three sons, and my son Aaron, he's like me. He can run distance, but baby, he can't sprint. You know why? Because it's a genetic thing. Now, Peter and Andrew, they, they ran together when Andrew was a senior and Peter was a sophomore, and they won the state in the four by one. And they set a new record, you know, for our whole area in the four by one. They were two out of the four runners, amen? But see, they got those genetics in them. But for some reason, the genes passed me by. <laughs> I passed them on to the kids, <laughs> Andrew, and Aaron, Andrew and Peter, but Aaron didn't get them. So, but, but even a marathon, if you're gonna run at a world-class level, you have to have some ability that's given to you from God. But at the same point in time, the Christian race is not like a 100-yard dash. It's like a marathon. So keep your eyes on Jesus. Look unto Jesus, the author of the finisher. Jesus started you out in this thing and he'll help you finish. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. And he sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is seated today at the right hand of God's throne. He is waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. And you know what? You and I are his body. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are the ones who are carrying out the work of Jesus. As we do it, notice what it says. For consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. You know the problem in the world? There's just a bunch of sinners out there. We had somebody call and turn us into the health department. You know? Well, what? If you don't like, you know, what you see here, if you want to come and this bothers you, you, you can sit. We, we've got the, the live stream on over there in the chapel. You can watch the live stream. You don't have to come here. <laughs> I didn't even answer him back. <laughs> Consider him who has endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself. Let you be worried and faint in your mind. You have not yet resisted unto blood and striving against sin. The real problem is sin. And there is a sin of unbelief. So keep your faith in God. Amen. And keep moving forward in your faith. Amen. So some things you need to remember. Remember the word of the Lord. Remember who's praying for you. Remember who's with you. Some things you need to continue. Keep believing God. Never, ever, ever quit believing God. Keep the switch of faith turned on. And last of all, fix your focus on Jesus. Beware of broken focus. Amen? Hallelujah. You keep your focus on Jesus, and you know what? He's there for you. You call out onto him, he's there for you. Thanks for listening to the Caris Christian Center podcast with Pastor Lawson Perdue. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.carischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.